I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. We talked about the Giants, you know, at 6-1. and one. They lost today to the Seahawks. Seahawks still have first place in the NFC West, which mm-hmm. is yikes. But again, the 49ers, 3-0 and in the NFC West. They've got three games left. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really super worried about, about the Seahawks, but Geno Smith is playing incredibly well. Pete Carroll has that team overachieving, you know, we'll see how things go for them down the stretch, but yeah, Kenneth Walker is. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. He looks like the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he, I'm not going to say he's the second coming of, of, of beast mode, but he's, he looks pretty damn good. So yeah, their whole, their whole draft class, they hit an absolute home. Yep. Yep. You know, with two, two rookie tackles who are playing incredibly well, you've got Kenneth Walker, you've got two, uh, two late round, uh, corners that you're starting right. That are playing well. Like they just, they, they're having a hell of a, a run right now, but you look at this, this NFC and you got to think as you look around that locker room, you got to look at the the rest and go, who's better than us? Who legitimately, who is better than who has more talent, who has more talent in their locker room than us. And I, I don't know that there is a team in the NFC that does. You could argue the the Eagles, the Eagles look the pretty Eagles. good and, right. and Hertz yeah. is playing really well. Um, you know, and the Eagles have the same kind of defensive line the 49ers do, but 100%, yeah. but a better offensive line, arguably. Yeah, so, that's the thing with the Eagles. The Eagles are really good in the trenches, yeah, and, yeah. and the Eagles got some serious playmakers, and the quarterbacks playing well. The Eagles, to me, right now, are the class of the NFC for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I like I like Dallas. I think more than Dallas some people good. do. Dallas I just today. think I just think when they're really really hitting in all cylinders they could be a dangerous team and i know dallas has been disappointment after disappointment every season and i don't love mccarthy as a head coach 
but they have a couple studs on that defense. You know, Michael Parsons is a, is a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. Dak looked pretty good today. They have weapons when everything gets going. I like, you know, they have Gallup. I, I think Dallas is tough. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't, I'm not afraid of the Packers. I'm not ever afraid of the Packers. How many times do we have to see the same story with them? Even if they do get it together this year, I'll always be afraid of the Bucks, just because they, I know they look awful right now, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady and they do have weapons and the mm-hmm. defense is good. I don't buy Minnesota. So yeah, I mean, the Niners can really Philly's the only team that I would be like, eh, you know, they might get steamrolled by them, but the division's going to be interesting to me. It really is. I, I think yeah. the Cardinals kind of garbage. I think the Rams are garbage, but I can see Seattle sticking around and winning 10 games. I can. So sure. the Niners have to take care of their business on their end too. And they have to do it. They're, they're talented enough to do it. If you told, if you told me, Brian, the Niners finished, what are they have four loss? If they finished 12 and five, I'd be like, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me they finished 10 and seven, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me nine and eight, I wouldn't be surprised. I have no idea with this team. None. Absolutely none. But um, yeah. w- one thing you mentioned too, like with in terms of the expectations, like, yeah, you just made a huge trade for one of the, at the running back position, uh, top three difference maker. You know, he's, he's unbelievable when he's healthy. So yeah, you're going for it. And you have guys like Kittle and Williams. They don't have that long left. They really don't couple years you know the way Kittle plays that he's gonna be able to play at this level well if you get two or three good more years out of him you know elite years out of him you're happy yeah this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They have to win now. This is a win now team. So I agree with that for sure. And you also mentioned Brandon Ayuk. He is really coming into his own. His mm-hmm. last three games, Brian, 11 targets, eight catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns, 11 targets, seven catches, 82 yards, no touchdowns. And today, or uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, obviously. So in week eight, six catch, six targets, six catches, he caught all his targets, 81 yards in the score that he caught from McCaffrey. Yep. And he looks, he looks like he's getting open. He looks fast. He looks reliable. He looks like he's really coming along as that he can be like a one a type guy. Again, when you add him with Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey, how don't you score 30 points a game? Right. How don't you do it? Right. And you that's, know, so it's, yeah. It's that's exciting. The, that's the thing, yeah. It's it's exciting, and we'll see again. Talk to me in a month. But today was a good sign anyway, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, you know, honestly, what Ayuk looks like to me is the number one wide receiver, right? And And I know that we're paying Debo a ton of money, and I get that. But you look at Debo and you go, ah, Debo is an offensive weapon. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but that is the value that he brings to this team. Mm-hmm. He brings this idea of positionless football, which Christian McCaffrey also brings. So yep. now all of a sudden you've got, you've got a, a movable chess piece in Debo Samuel. And, and then you add a, a second one in Christian McCaffrey and you create all kinds of hell for, for opposing defensive court. there's no telling where either one of those guys is going to line up and wherever they line up they are elite 
right at that at, at that spot you know even when you even even when you send christian mccaffrey out wide he's an elite pass catcher like he just yeah. is he's an elite pass catcher his only problem is he's short i i honestly i don't know how his dad is well, his dad was like six over six feet tall right yeah, it's like high, crazy yeah. to me pretty sure it's, it's yeah it's crazy to me that that christian doesn't even tip the scales at six foot but regardless he's he's elite there right and then even if you bring debo into the backfield he has proven to be elite there as well so now you've like i said you've got these two movable chess pieces and then you've got brandon Ayuk, who is a true like number one wide receiver he runs phenomenal routes he's got those long arms he uh he his hands are good, right? He's got some drops, but he catches the majority of the balls that come his way. Uh, he's shifty with the ball in his hands. He's great after the catch. You know, he is all of these things. And so, you know, honestly, I think, I think he is, you know, he is the X receiver in this, in this offense. And then McCaffrey and Debo are kind of interchangeable wherever you want them on the, uh, within the, the formation. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they're going to, you know, they're going to give him his fifth year option. That will be a decision they have to make at the end of this year. I would hope so. Not hard to not hard to not hard to see them doing that. It'll be interesting to see if they try and sign him long term with the kind of money that they're paying Debo, the kind of money that they're paying Kittle. Right. Uh, the kind of money that they're paying um, McCaffrey, although I think McCaffrey will will restructure after this year uh, because only a million of that contract is guaranteed. And so it it really anyway, because, you know, they would turn that into signing bonus and it would lower cap hits for the 49. Like it would just, it works for both sides. Um, and so I, I would expect that. And then again, you know, you're going to be given Nick Bosa probably north of $30 million a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got all of these things that are happening. So uh, it'll be interesting to see from a roster building perspective, if Ayuk remains a 49er long-term or, you know, do they look to maybe flip him for, you know, for, for, to recoup some, some draft capital. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not because there's no one else on this roster that could, that could take over for what, you know, what he provides them, but. And he's the type of dude. Yeah. And you look at like a Christian Kirk, for example, like yeah, got paid a ton. Ayuk may not be a guy. And I don't know if he's known nationally. He's probably not somebody that I don't know. People play like fantasy football that people would think like, Oh, he's a legit receiver, but but he is, and I think if he ever hit the open market, you would see that. I think he would get paid. Sure. And I think he, I think he probably knows that. Like, if you put him on a team, like, my God, like, imagine if, if he was on, like, the Chiefs or something, you know, he would put up big numbers <laughs> yeah. or a more yeah. pass-heavy team. He really would put up really, really serious numbers, I think. He's doing it this year. You know, he's probably, if he stays in this tra- trajectory, going to be about 80 catches, 1,000 yards, you know, maybe eight or nine touchdowns. And when you consider all – the mouths this team has to feed. That's, that's really good. And I think he can go to another team and, and be a 90, hundred catch guy. And, and yeah, I think he's that, I, I think oh, he's 100%. that good. I really do. 100%. So I think he's going to get paid somewhere. And it, it is interesting. They should, they should pick up his option and then kind of see where you go from there. So what is that? Two years? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they move on from Kittle, you know, maybe they find money elsewhere. If Debo breaks out or I'm sorry, if I breaks out. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, but it's a good problem to have right now. But again, they have. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Brian, we talk about like all these people like, oh, they're they're so good. This is a good problem to have. They got to put it together on the field. They're still four and four at the end of the day, dude. Right. 
There's no reason this game should be four and four. Right, right. I mean, you should have, you know, you're playing the Falcons and the Bears. You shouldn't be four and four. You lose to the Chiefs. Great. I I thought Denver might have been a loss anyway, even though Denver sucks. But like, we didn't know that. Fine. You got to be better than than four and four. And, And in the second half of the season, they have to play that way. Yeah, I at the beginning of the season I predicted six and two going into the bye, and then they, you know, and they lost two of the games that I anticipated that they would win, which was the Bears and the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I thought that they would. I think uh, I picked them to lose to the Chiefs, and I think I picked them to. I, I believe I picked them to lose to the Broncos again, pre preseason starting, right? Right. right. So. It's really those two losses, those two losses to the Bears and Falcons, which are really inexcusable. But uh, but let's also say the NFC South leading Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? They beat, four, yeah, four. they beat the yeah, that by the way, the end of that Panthers game. Yikes. DJ Moore, my man. Before before yikes. we go, I want to talk about stupid coaching decisions. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because you know, I'm watching all the games and like I just so the first the first one I want to talk about is this Rams thing. So they clearly were they were folding up and going home at the end of the game. Two minutes left. They're running the football. You're down 31 to 14. Why in God's name on the last play of the game, would you throw a screen pass to Cooper cup? Why? And he got hurt. And we, I don't think he yeah, seriously yeah. hurt. Got his ankle rolled up. Yeah. I hope not. Cause he's on my fantasy team, but <laughs> one of my fantasy teams, but that's the dumbest thing in the world. If you're punting there and you have no, you have zero chance to come back. Why is your best player even on the field? Just stupid. And the other thing I saw today was the Colts. The Colts started um, Sam Ellinger, right? They benched mm-hmm. Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ellinger comes in. He's young. He can move. So the Colts, you know, they played pretty crappy on offense, but they were in a really good spot to win the game. And at this point, I think it was six to six. And they do a little shovel pass to Pittman, and he's tackled on the it was like the one inch line, like he was just barely in. So again, you have this mobile quarterback, right? Just sneak the ball, man. Just get it and and fall forward. If he doesn't get it, just do it again. They right. run a shotgun run and lose two yards and kick a field goal and they end up losing the game. The defense blew it at the end, but still, you should have never been in that position. Frank Reich is a moron. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the league. He just makes stupid decisions week after week. You just see these coaches like yeah. it's so infuriating if they just do if they don't try not to outsmart themselves. I just miss good old fashioned football. The go- the balls on the one yard line or the half yard line, just sneak it in, just score. Why are you in a shotgun or doing just sneak, sneak the ball in? You're going to score. Uh, this is infuriating watching some of these games. Today. I was going to say Kyle Shanahan called a QB sneak on. It was third and one, but really it was like Long. third and 1.9, right? That was the longest one yard I've ever seen in my life. And they nailed it, right? Because that's Jimmy Garoppolo's elite at quarterback sneaks. But Great sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, sneaker. but yeah, the other thing, the other thing that, you know, speaking of, of coaching decisions, uh, again, why is Christian McCaffrey continuing to get handoffs when the game is 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 essentially over? Why are yes, you running him into the line? Yep. Um, why I don't? Why? TDP why you have Ty Davis Price? You've got yeah. Let's get or Jeff Wilson Jr. Shoot, give Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. the ball, right? Like right. get Christian McCaffrey out of the game, and then on the defensive side of the ball, let's get Mooney Ward out of the game, right? He's still ailing a little bit. Like there's some things where I'm like, eh, come on, guys, like. I know that as fans, you know, we are not football coaches and, and football coaches say like, you know, football players play football. Right. And I get that. But there's something about for for a for a for a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who has risk, who is as risk averse as he is mm-hmm. to continue to see some of these decisions about players being in when the game is, you know, over. Essentially, it just 
kind of baffles me a little bit. But but yeah, no, I agree with you. I I'm shoot, I think Frank Wright could lose his job at the end of this season because they have been horrendous. They have been absolutely they are uh time. So yeah, that's that's tough. But you know, this is a, a 49ers podcast. So um I think we've done our fair share of uh trying to hold Kyle Shanahan accountable. And to end the show, I just want to say kudos to Kyle, kudos to D'Amico. This was a well-coached game. There were some aspects of it that, you know, I was a little passive-aggressive on the timeline, especially in the first half with some of those penalties, um, you know, this some of the decisions that were that were being made. Again, kicking that field goal, although, you know, that, that, uh, that McCaffrey incompletion probably made going for it you know, impossible, but, you know, I, I liked to see a little bit more aggression out of, out of Kyle. And then I liked to see, uh, D'Amico's adjustments at half. And I think it made all the difference in the world. And he ended up with a 31, 14, uh, victory over the same old sorry ass Rams. So, <laughs> Hey, kudos, kudos to, to Shanahan and his staff go under the bye, lick, you know, get healthy. I'd love to, I'm hoping Armstead is back after the bye. You know, hopefully we see Jason Verrett after the bye. Um, and 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 they're gonna go against a, a gunslinger in in Justin Herbert, and you know, they're gonna have their work cut out for them. So uh, that offense is gonna have to have to come to play just like they did today. Definitely. But it's at least, hey, like I said, Brian, we'll take it. It's a good feeling, at least going into the bye, a good taste in our mouth. So absolutely we will take it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. For Brian and Zane, this is Al. Later.